everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love Jewish stereotypes and uh, Homer becoming a blob. Yet again, I swear we've done this before. Some weird deja vu. Are we in one of those movies that causes you to relive the same day over and over again, but it's a horrible day where we have to watch these bad episodes? Time loop. Time loop movie. There's a lot of them oh, now. Oh, no. There so, are, but not see, this. Anything but this. See, that's the thing, Matt. It isn't. We're not in a time loop, but it feels oh, like God. it because we've been watching these season 15, 16, 17, now 18. Effectively, it's a time loop. It just doesn't end uh, because we, there's a new Simpsons episode that feels just loop. like the last Simpsons episode. Also, a lot of this, multiple of these uh, stories feel just like old other old Trials of War stories done worse. Hi. Hello, friends. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You can access to a bunch of bonus con- con- content, content, bonus content, oh, like hundreds of hours of bonus podcasts. Now, uh, Matt and I, for this month's bonus episode, are going to watch UHF and talk about it. Mr. Mr. Big Old Weird Al fan, Matthew Hamm, has not seen UHF. Well, yeah, I uh, uh, I just I, I worried that it wouldn't be good because it came out in the eighties and well, you gotta open your heart. Eighties comedies are uh, you gotta open your heart, man. It 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 fully does embody uh, we are not Yankovic, so it still wins you over at the end. Uh, you just have to deal with the fact that multiple people in the in the movie have been canceled uh, since it came out. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. This week, uh, this week's episode: Trails of Horror, seventeen. Uh, episode HABF 17, originally aired November 5th, 2006, written by Peter Gaffney, directed by David Silverman and Matthew C. Fallman, which is a name I've never seen before, I think. It's interesting. They have David Silverman, who was a vet, directed seasons one episodes, and they have this. Wow. Maybe, maybe he's tu- tutoring this newcomer. That's that's my guess. Um, uh, see this. Tudon. <laughs> Received a six rating with 10.5 million viewers. Guests, a bunch of people. Richard Lewis as the male golem. Fran Drescher as the female golem. Dr. Phil as himself. Sir Mix-a-Lot singing Baby Likes Fat. Oh, boy. And Maurice LaMarche as Orson Welles. The uh-huh. one bright spot in this episode. <laughs> oh, really? Really? You, you don't like Maurice LaMarche as Orson I love, Welles? I love Maurice LaMarche. He is a fantastic actor. Um, I love him in, in Futurama primarily, and he's been in many. He's been in ten thousand things. I don't know about that third. Okay, we're get there. All right, man. Let's save it for the third. So third act. Um, this episode doesn't have a couch gag. Doesn't have a a, a, a chalkboard gag. Um, it begins with a homage to Tales from the Crypt with Burns as the Crypt Keeper. Hello. Boils and ghouls, I am the Crypt Keeper, or should I say, Master of Scareimonies. <laughs> Priceless, sir. You made the word ceremonies frightening. I know what I did. <laughs> hey, can we get going here? Listening to you two is more torture than a torture. Actually, no, this is worse. <laughs> Although the uh, the right nipple spike seems a little dull. <laughs> ah, ah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's barbaric. 
Whoa, look at that. My blood's a genius. Fancy Roman numerals and everything. So we have... I, I'm i going to say... Okay, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Tales from the Crypt from the 90s. And I think Burns, as the Crypt Keeper, is, in, it is an inspired choice. I like it mm-hmm. a lot. But then... I mean, it makes sense. It does make sense. It, it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. And that's why it works. But then... And I think this is emblematic of this as a whole, and maybe even the Al Jean, Trace of Horrors as a whole, it feels at times, because this has been happening since he took over. It feels they did the bare surface level stuff, and then they didn't continue. Because the fun part, there's a, the fun things that Tales of the Crypt and the Crypt Keeper is the way he would intro every single story on the show. And have lots of fun puns and make jokes about how the the story happened. So you'd think you get a Crypt Keeper intro into all three of these little stories and a little, like, a couple gags. Like, one or two gags for for him to say. Some puns, like, they they hint at it here. But they don't. This is it. This is the Crypt Keeper. He burns his Crypt Keeper. He shows up and it's over. There's no more of him. Which, what are you doing? Why have this at all if you're not going to have him intro the stories? Yeah, I feel like he should definitely come back. He should have been. That's what the Crypt Keeper does. He's like the MC of Tales from the Crypt. That's the gag, guys. Ugh, he doesn't do that. Um. So there's my first complaint, man. This is I'm. There's gonna be more. Um. Not that this is. I. I. I don't know. It's not that this is bad with it, like a capital B or anything. But. But it's kind of flat kind of uninspired i think at times um and like you said it feels like things they've done before it just in like slightly in, in a somewhat worse form um and some really crazy decisions in this as well which i i can't explain honestly some of them uh the first which happens in our first story which is married to the blob oh boy that is that is the title all right that yeah is the title i mean it's the title this is a kind of a reference to the blob both the original and the remake remakes by the way is great if no one has seen the blob remake from the is 80s, it really it's fantastic i love it um it is not as good as the fly or the thing but it's a, a nice wow. bronze in the remake horror remakes of the 80s you no shame in coming in third of those um but the the blob remake is great i believe 88 i think it came out um so we have Marge and Homer uh, making out in the backyard, as they do. Why? Okay, this is just a matter of practicality. You have a bed. <laughs> like, well, yes, but the kids are in the house, so they're out here uh, avoiding the kids. Just send the kids away. Go go stay at your friends' houses. Hey, Bart, well, go yeah, to my house. Bobby. Lisa, go to Janie, right? Yeah, that friend that you haven't actually interacted with in like ten seasons. <laughs> ten seasons. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Library. Go to the library, Lisa. Go to the art house and art house theater and watch a movie. Um, but a a shooting star flies through the air and clips Marge, and then it pops open in front of them. That almost tore my head off. Oh, you always find an excuse not to make out. With space marshmallow. Where do you think you're going? Dad, no! It could teach us the secret of interstellar travel. If he's so smart, how come he can't stay out of my mouth? Um, 
How could you eat that goo? You don't know what galaxy it's from. Marge, I ate it. It's over. Oh, no, you don't. If I can keep down Arby's, I can keep down you. More of the Arby hate. Arby slander. What did Arby's do, Simpsons, to you? What I, I know, right? Arby's has some of the best fries. I like... I'm unabashedly an Arby's fan. I don't know why they... And frankly, like, this just feels like Simpsons writers have never actually eaten at bad fast food before. Like, Arby's is like... Yeah, right. I mean, I can understand some people not liking Arby's because it's different. You know, it is not a McDonald's or Wendy's or a Burger King. It's, it has weird curly fries and it has roast beef sandwiches. It's weird. To, I know, thing, but... Like, have you never been to a Crystals, guys? Like, really? Oh, wow, There's, yeah. That, that, like, come on. Uh, there's way worse choices. Um, Homer inexplicably eats this goo that flew through, a, like, a meteorite to land on Earth. Um, I don't think... I, Lisa, I don't think it's going to teach us anything about interstellar travel. It it flew in a... I mean, they might be able to dissect it and get something interesting out of it. <laughs> it's clearly alive and alive enough to know that it doesn't want to be eaten because it tries to avoid getting eaten yes. by homer uh we i don't know what this i mean a lot of the time i i think matt shares horror again it allows for the way they write homer in the teen years to make sense because there is no you're allowed yeah. to make people have people are allowed to make worse decisions in shares of horror than they are in normal episodes because there's not they're not beholden to reality uh even though i think they should still write them the same roughly um but whatever homer eats the blob the little tiny green blob uh starts getting hungry in the middle of the night wakes up his tummy tummy rumbling starts eating everything in the house including trying to eat bart uh marge stops him he does eat says uh not says little helper but snowball too he eats snowball too and then he does kills her with a frying pan while she's in his stomach yep this is a i i do want this is a very gross segment this segment is very gross in general um some of it is a gross i like you know like it's a gross that works with the the story and then some of it is gross i do not like i do not like the things where homer's like inhaling the snot back through into his body uh, not a yeah, big fan of that hurt to watch um uh, i don't i like i don't know certain grossness works for me in horror and certain grossness doesn't I, I can't explain it so homer is super hungry and at this point he is starting to grow much like the blob we see him eat go to, to a like a beach a beach blanket bingo beach party with teenagers around a fire at the beach uh he he interrupts it and eats um the squeaky voice teen swallows him whole which is what you do i remember where homer just swallowed a whole a giant log of candy in a normal episode Matt? <laughs> i do remember that weird how you bring that up yeah. in this one i know it, it's almost like when you write homer the same in a normal episode in a trials of horror episode the trials of horror, trials of horror episodes don't feel as special because you write him the same way funny how that works um so he eats a teenager, then he breaks up an Oktoberfest, eats a bun eats German peoples. At this point, Homer is what, twenty feet tall? Something like that. Yeah, he's he's obviously a, like gigantic. He's start he's he's becoming more blob like. His legs are kind of like less 
the less like legs and more just like flippers effectively a bit and <laughs> then we get uh homer basically marauding at this point he's just trying to eat everything he's looking specifically for fat people uh and this is where we get the baby likes fat song playing over a montage must eat more fat people Thank God I'm in America. I like big guts and I cannot lie. Double chins with the chafing thighs. When a dude walks in with the hanging jowls, my stomach starts to growl. I'm getting hungry, so I masticate, chomping on the overweight. I eat fat people for days, like potato chips by Lay's. Try to eat just one, but it can't be done. I've got to eat a ton. Baby likes fat. Baby likes fat. Uh, I mean, I applaud them on their creativity, uh, but uh, yeah, the, man, that's not cool. <laughs> I am. I don't know. I this is fine. I'm really curious if if Sir Mix a Lot wrote that himself or if they just wrote lyrics for him and he performed them. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's fine. This is all fine, Matt. I, but that's all I got. It's fine. It, it is. It feels very much like King Kong Homer. Yeah, it really does. It seems exactly the same. He's just like, now he's a blob instead of a big ape, but he's still just eating people. You know, it's just like, it doesn't quite have the same, I don't know, feeling. Um, it's not, it doesn't feel special. I think that's largely it. Uh, we also, now Homer is now just roaming the streets. Uh, he is a, he is officially recognized as a monster. We, we have a news report on it and he's being shot at by I guess national guardsmen or something but there's also a 50 foot lenny here just hanging out like and, you do and carl's invisible weird just strange like why is this well here? i think those are like classic movie monsters that kind of go along with the blob and they're like we might as well have these but everyone's ignoring us because of the blob i'm gonna okay man i'm gonna ask you a question mm-hmm. do you laugh at this episode this episode or this sequence Okay, well, first, let's start with this sequence, and then the, then the episode. Uh, laugh. Did I laugh at all? Um, <laughs> I don't think so, honestly. Because this is good, but... I don't know, good, good is a strong word. This is, this is <laughs> adequate for a Treehouse of Horror episode. Adequate. Or a segment, I should say. I just... It was very predictable to the point where I saw everything coming, and therefore it wasn't as funny. No, it, it doesn't. Funny at all. It, it feels fine. It's fine. I did not laugh. I didn't laugh at it this whole entire episode. Not a single laugh, um, which is a problem. You don't make it funny. Uh, it needs to. You should have jokes in here. Um, and then, okay. So, and this is, but it's not. It's not bad. It's fine. You know, the baby got the baby got fat parody song and and Homer eating people. Like it is a suitable Chance of Horror episode. It's fine up until this point. And you're, I'm waiting for the. Tears of Horror twist, the Tales from the Crypt esque twist, the Twilight Zone esque twist, where you have the semi ironic ending here at the end. You use something clever, but instead they multiple times double down on the worst decision. Uh, the first one is they have Doctor Phil here. Uh, oh God, Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil. Okay, so here I'll say this: in 2006, Doctor Phil did not have the reputation he has now as much i don't think i feel like i think people i mean he did the same awful thing just less people knew about it people know about the awful things he's done now yeah yes he had less of a reputation at the time which so that can excuse dr phil but it's also not that it's not funny i don't laugh at dr phil getting eaten by homer here um 
But Marge can't love Homer because he's a giant cannibalistic blob. Okay. Fair. 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 Fair point. And, like, that's the perfect setup right now. That's like, okay, Marge goes, I can't love you, Homer, if you're a giant cannibalistic blob. And then we get a funny, clever little twist here at the end where Homer tries to change his behavior or, or work for the good or do something right. And we laugh at it because it's him like, oh, and then and Marge is happy with him for some reason, even if he's a giant blob. Funny joke. Instead, the ending of this is Homer eating people like it has the mayor tricking homeless people into a shelter to be Ugh. eaten by Homer. What is this? That's hilarious. That's how you get rid okay. of the homeless okay. problem. Okay, Matt, here. Okay. There's only there's two ways this could be. This could be like um a joke about how we mistreat homeless people could be like it's like a modest proposal right uh jonathan swift it, it could be the, it's like oh this is a parody because this is how we treat homeless people we want them to get eaten by a giant blob they, we want them to be disappear we want to punish them until they disappear or they think it is funny to see homeless people get eaten by a blob those are the two this is the, those are the two answers right mm-hmm those are the, those are the two things that we could say for sure. The two motivations. One of them either either this is a like a parody, a critique, satire. Either this is satire, or it is they think this is legitimately funny to watch homeless people get eaten by a blob. I can't tell. I don't know which is which. Yeah, if you're if this is supposed to be some kind of parody or satire, uh, it needs to be a little more obvious. Uh, the worst option is that it is not parody or satire, and they just think that oh, wouldn't it be funny if. That's how they utilize Homer. Like, how can we utilize a giant murderous blob? Well, let's have meet people we don't want around. Okay, maybe you should use it on horrible people. Like, I don't know, Pierce Morgan, uh, you know, uh, Roger Stone. Uh, hmm, who else can we get rid of? That's that's not even. Oh, the Koch brothers. Uh, oh, uh, let's see who else. I mean, there are a lot of people to keep Homer's hunger sated for a really long time. The no, I mean family. that's the thing. Like. If this is satire, I want it to be satire. I want the Simpsons not to think that homeless people deserve to be devoured by a blob. You got to tip your hand a little bit. You have to, if you think, if this is satire, you have to really, you have to go for it. You have to, but as clear as day, they don't understand subtlety. So I don't really know. I don't know what this is doing. I want to believe that they want to make a joke about, but unfortunately, they've multiple times in the recent past truly made pretty despicable jokes about homeless people. So I can't give them any credit for this. It just feels like they think it's funny that they're people poor, like, you know, people on the people who have the worst lives get eaten by a giant blob. Uh, and that's the funny joke. That's when we, and that we, that's the end of the first, that's it. That's the end of the first story. We got commercial mm-hmm. seven minutes and 13 seconds. And uh, it's it's not going to get any better. Sorry, guys. Uh, we start out. Uh, Krusty is going to be broadcasting in HD, uh, which there were a lot of jokes when uh, HD television first came out. Many of you might be too young for that. But uh, <laughs> Robbie would remember that. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to look so much worse because there's going to be so much higher resolution. No one looked worse. It, it was it was not a big no, deal. I, no, one, I'm going to even tell. I'm going to disagree, Matt. Oh, really? There is one one industry that impacted that was impacted greatly by the switch to HD. Was it the blood and horror movies? No, it's the it's pornography. Oh. It's pornography. That's the <laughs> that's the. I mean, 
Yeah, you're probably right. It's I'm, easier to they see had, uh, uh, there tattoos was, and weird things. I've seen lots of. I've seen lots of. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's probably it is anecdotal evidence, but of course it would be about how. Yeah. They had to adjust in the, and also I guess the Simpsons themselves did change a lot in HD because they changed That's the aspect true, yeah. of the show. Um, I don't. This is this is all right. You know, it's fine. It's 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 a it's a decent opening gag. Mm-hmm. Um, but after this, uh, Bart is there watching the show with Milhouse. Uh, he goes backstage afterwards to complain to Krusty about his alarm clock that spits acid in your face, which is one way to get you up. Sure. Uh, um. After he squirts the acid in Milhouse's face, he goes backstage and he's looking around through all of Krusty's crap when he finds the Golem of Prague. Now, Bart doesn't know what this is. He just sees a giant uh, human-looking statue uh, made of clay uh, that is just kind of hanging around. So Krusty shows up and explains to him exactly what's going on, and it's uh, fairly accurate. This ain't a museum. That's a museum. For kids, 49 bucks. Rusty, what's that monster? It's the Golem of Prague. Legendary defender of the Jewish people. Like Alan Dershowitz, but with a conscience. (laughs) I kid, Alan, we're friends. Anyway, back in the 1600s, a rabbi created this magic creature out of humble clay. The golem would perform any task that was written on a scroll and placed in its mouth. (sighs) Now he works for me. So the wife says, I don't have to pay for it. I put it on my charge plate. You suck, clown. You made my lady cry. Come to my house at midnight. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to rehearse my desperate housefly sketch. Buzz, buzz. Oh, here comes that sexy young garbage man. (laughs) I'm going to need a shoebox full of blow to get through this trick. So, yes, uh, except for the parts with the shotgun, that is more or less a semi-accurate retelling of the Golem's history. I was going to ask about it. You said accurate. I'm like, I don't remember anything about the Golem Frog having uh, a, repeater, a, a repeater rifle or shotgun, whatever the hell that, that gun yeah. is, and just blowing people away. I mean, you know, uh, things can be uh, less than accurately uh, recalled. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Again, yeah. and there, this is... I. <sighs> I don't I don't know how to feel about any of this, man, honestly. I know, I know. We're going to get to much worse stuff eventually, so we'll <laughs> ask you then how you feel about okay, it. Good. Also, I wanted to include the Desperate Housefly sketch because it's like, guys, we realize that Krusty is a hacky, horrible comedian. You don't need to keep piling on with stupid crap about this and how much cocaine he does. It It's not really necessary. I mean, he's his views, man, this is how I feel. It's how I feel about The Simpsons right now, so. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. All right, so uh, Bart writes a message, uh, as we heard, to the Golem to show up at his house. Uh, it does. Uh, right at the same time, Homer uh, drunkenly stumbles into Bart's room to tell him that he uh, fell over on his turtle and killed it. Because, of course, that's hilarious. Once more, an animal death. Yeah, that's so funny. 
Oh, God. Anyway, uh, the golem shows up. Uh, Homer moves right past it. It's uh, Bart has terrible handwriting. There's a joke where he puts something in the golem's mouth and he tears Homer's walls. Uh, and it turns out he wanted him to kick Homer in the balls. Ha, 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 ha. It is. A, a, they rhyme, Matt. They do. They do. They're, they're, uh, they're so, similar words. They are, unfortunately for us. So Bart immediately uses the golem to take care of his business, which involves killing the bullies, literally pulling their heads off and scrambling their heads around on top of each other's bodies. No, they're, so they're, they're okay. fine. No, they're fine, Matt. The newspaper says they're in the hospital and they're okay. Uh, yes, totally fine. Uh, we're looking at this treehouse before. So uh, next up... Uh, Lisa finds out about this and goes to Bart to confront him and says, oh, you know, how do you think the golem feels around all this? And Bart says, I don't care. So Lisa puts, writes out a piece of paper, speak, and puts it in the golem's mouth, and we get this. Bart, did your mystical Jewish monster beat up those bullies? Oh, it's always the Jews' fault. Hmm. Well, I think your golem doesn't like hurting people, and I'll prove it. Speak. <laughs> Finally, I can talk. This is the voice I've got. Sounds like I should be selling egg creams in Brighton Beach. That's what we call Jewish humor. You don't have to understand it because the words sound funny. Meshuggah. Hilarious. Hello? Huh? It's funny, believe me. Do you feel bad about what you did? Of course I feel bad. My stomach feels like it's hosting the Chabad telethon. And Norm Crosby's going long. Kill the czar? Now that's an old one. So, yes, now we have a talking uh, Jewish uh, mythical monster uh, who is nothing but a bunch of Jewish stereotypes. For the most part, I'm just going to say I'm glad they're not hurtful Jewish stereotypes for the most part. I'm sure most stereotypes are harmful, but these aren't the worst of the worst they're just stupid i mean <sighs> i i i'll say this man this is it's voiced by richard lewis and uh, i don't know this isn't too far off from L richard lewis comedy you know the yeah. whatever he says um richard lewis is jewish i don't like it it's my problem with this is nothing to do with the fact like oh like jewish humor whatever it's not that it's not humor. There's no laughs in this. Like that is my problem. My problem is nothing to do with them doing whatever cultural stereotypes they do with this. It is the fact none of it is funny. Yeah, and it's it's supposed to be a I don't want to say parody of Jewish comedy, but it's just Jewish comedy. Like there's nothing they're not making fun of it anyway. They're just reproducing it and saying this is funny. And I guess it's up to us to decide whether we think that's true or not. If we think it's true, it's a funny reference. If we don't think it's true, they're making fun of it because it's not funny. So, yeah. like a lot of every, like a lot of everything else in this episode as a whole, regardless of what segment we're talking about, it feels like a first step. It feels like something you begin with. Like, okay, the first layer is oh, we have the golem. And Lisa gives it a voice, and it is this respected Jewish comedian. And then we can kind of dig into that and and add more layers. But it doesn't add any more layers. It just he's just continually a murderous golem. And then they just they don't ever give it. There's nothing else. There's no jokes. It's just this for ten for what seven minutes, and then we're done. 
and then we are done. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, oh boy. Uh, so then we get uh, Homer tries to use the golem, uh, but it's busy killing Skinner for Bart uh, by you know sawing him in half as a yo-yo. Uh, Lisa is still not happy about this. And in fact, the golem is incredibly neurotic uh, about this. A neurotic uh, Jewish person. Sure. Why not? Uh, so Marge decides, oh, the best way to clear up something like this is to get a man in a relationship. How are you going to do that for a murderous golem? Why? You make him another golem out of Play-Doh. <gasps> is she for me? Hanukkah came early this year, which it sometimes does. Hello, everybody. (laughs) What's with this outfit? It looks like a lion ate a parrot and then threw up. (laughs) Well, back to the drawing board. No, what are you, nuts? She was made for me. I now pronounce you monster and whatever you are. Shayna Punham. Not so fast. You're wanted for the murder of Seymour Skinner. Oh, come on, Chief. We've got a latke bar downstairs. Latkes? What the hell are those? They're pan-fried. Case dismissed. Wonderful. And that's the end. Uh, We get Fran Treasure as a female gold made out of Play-Doh, and they are wonderfully happy together, uh, hopefully no longer killing people, but eh, it's, it's Treehouse of Horror. Do you get it, Matt? And we go to a commercial. Do you get it? Do I get what, Robbie? Her voice is annoying. Get it? Ah, yes. What a wonderful joke. An annoying voice, of course. That's the joke, is that Fran Drescher's voice is annoying. And but, 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 the golem likes it. But, but, but. The male golem, he likes it because he likes that her voice is, like, this is the this is what we get for jokes in this. This is it. Oh, her voice mm-hmm. is annoying. She was made for me. Really? This is what we got? Okay. Uh, our third segment. The day the earth looks stupid. Um, we begin, we begin uh, with everything sepia toned and we get a, a, a little card that title says it's 1938, right? That's the year. I think it says 38, right? Uh, yeah, it's 38 because it's, it's supposed to be in the Great Depression. Yeah, 1938 radio broadcast War of the Worlds. And that is what we begin with, with War of the Worlds on the radio. I don't get it. What's so great about this depression? Well, I like how everything's sepia-toned. Makes me feel all nostalgic. I never thought it would come to this when I fought in the First World War. First World War? Why do you keep calling it that? Oh, you'll see. We interrupt this dance music from the Meridian Room in Capital City's fabulous Hotel Hitler to bring you a special bulletin. Hey, I'm not done dancing. This bulletin better swing. Reports are coming in of giant metal cylinders landing on the outskirts of major American cities. (laughs) Cylinders? Astronomers say the ominous capsules originated from Earth's closest neighbor. Flanders? Mars. So, it's a war of the worlds. Good thing we got the sun on our side. Go ahead and hide, you coward! I'm in the small town of Grover's Mill, where a crowd is gathered around one of the strange Martian cylinders. It's opening. A tentacle is emerging. Settle down, children. Have a cigarette to calm your nerves. Um, okay. Cigarettes are funny because they're for children. 
that's i mean uh-huh. i don't i don't i don't mind that Matt, honestly yeah. i, I yeah. that's a i mean it's not uh, i get i think it's it's a joke that they've done before uh multiple times but it's fine um i don't know if i like the sapphire virtual everything's sepia toned i don't know eh, it's fine i guess uh we have here we hear we hear we hear maurice lamarche here as orson wells uh doing war of the worlds Mm-hmm. And then we get this Foley work gag, which I guess you are entranced with. I just thought, okay, you know what? This was the only part I laughed at. Okay. Uh, because it's it's just a, a progression of gags of Orson Welles coming up with weird situations that Foley artists back in the day had to come up with live on the spot. And it actually gets to the point where the Foley artist says, you're a jackass or something along those lines and walks out. Says, screw you on a sign. Screw you. And, you and, and leaves. So. The premises of this is the, you know, the the War of the Worlds radio broadcast is taking place, and Springfield is fooled. They think aliens are invading, um, so they go nuts. Every the the town goes crazy. Uh, the cops are useless, and everyone's afraid. And things are getting uh, everyone. People are getting attacked. Homer kills multiple people. I'm pretty sure, and everyone pretends to be animals. Because the aliens are only killing people. Yeah, how do they know that exactly? I don't. I don't. This. That's my. Uh, that's my problem. Matt. I don't have no problem with Maurice Lamarche in this as Orson Welles. He does a very mm-hmm. good Orson Welles impersonation and is able to m- both make it kind of feel realistic, but also kind of exaggerated. Does a, a very good caricature, honestly, of Orson yeah. Welles. It's that I don't know what this premise is. Like, the, it doesn't do anything, really. It's like, tries to do two things, and neither of them are good. Because the first thing is, oh, the town goes crazy because alien they think aliens are attacking. And, like, that certainly it could be a horror story. It's like, oh, yeah, it's all a hoax, but yet they've driven themselves to madness and killed people because they're worried about aliens. Okay. Um, which is, and then everyone pretends to be an animal, which is, like, the, I guess this is a gag, like, everyone's naked, covered in mud in the middle of the town in front of the Jebediah Springfield statue. And everyone's, like, buying like they're a sheep or something. What is the joke here? What is the funny part? Uh, that people are acting stupid, and isn't that funny? I, that's, the, I mean, literally, that's what it is, man. Like, that's what they think the joke is. Like, isn't it funny they're pretending to be animals? No, I'm not eight years old. Where's the cleverness in this? So, Lisa tells them it's a hoax. And so everyone gets upset at orson wells and the newspapers for tricking them or whatever i don't know and they start cleaning up cleaning up the town and then we get a cutaway to kang and kodos who decide to attack now because no one they'll they'll be able to fly under the radar no one will realize that they're actually aliens but this happens halfway through this scene through this segment so there's like three yes, minutes there's three yes. minutes of this three minutes is not a time to tell a story like why not just commit to the first thing? Why do we have a swerve in the middle for no reason? Because uh, they wanted to make the Iraq joke. Oh, man, Matt. I can. Okay. So, King and Codis attack. And they start blowing up stuff in Springfield. Lisa thinks they're, she knows they're real aliens. Um, uh, the cops still don't believe that they're real aliens now. And uh, we have Orson Welles trying to convince them that they are real. Chief, you've got to alert the military. Fine, fine, I'll do it right now. U.S. Army, what's the threat? Uh, we've been invaded by a pompous radio ham. How's it feel when the hoax is on the other foot? 
I must admit, it's unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. You've doomed us all. Ah, tell it to the great Gildersleeve. Well, they didn't eat the skin. That's that's healthy. Yes, yes, it is. Hey, man, skin's delicious. Why would I not eat the skin? Right. I mean, it's it's a little fatty, but fat's not bad for you. No, you fry it up. It's a little higher in calories. You just gotta work around that. Who cares? It tastes delicious. Um. So now, so the aliens are attacking Matt. Right? Gang codas are attacking. Yep. They sure are. And you think, okay, well, we have the early bit that is a hoax, you know, about the War of the Worlds radio broadcast, uh, which, contrary to popular opinion, did not set off a massive panic. <laughs> Most people fully understood it was a story. I don't, the legend has persisted. They understood how radio works. Yeah. I, people in the past were not complete idiots. Like, they understood, like, what a radio is. So they didn't think it was real. Regardless, it's fine. They The Simpsons could take that conceit and run with it. So you would think, okay, they think it starts off as they think it's War of the Worlds, but then it turns into actual War of the Worlds as Kane and Kodos attack. Okay, that could be uh-huh. fun. That could be a fun thing. Except, uh-oh, we have a minute. Less than a minute, probably. We have a minute to go. Uh-oh. What do we do? What do we do, Matt? Uh, 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 we, we make the episode go extra long with the nonsense. Well, we, we cut, basically. We cut out the fun part of it. Like, you'd think they'd be like, oh, we have, we could. If you were doing this bit and you had time, you'd have like, oh, we have the army and Ken Kodos fight each other. And there could be back and forth and like, like show drama and conflict and have some gags in here about alien weaponry and humans not being effective. And if, and you re you lead up to the actual war of the world bit ending where co- the cold kills them, like Homer coughs them or something and they die. No, it's it, very basic. But the, yes. Yes. You could do all that. I'm not, I'm, I'm this is a very basic thing. Matt. I'm not saying this is a yeah. brilliant idea. It's just better than this because they don't show us any of that. We just cut th- what? Three years later. I guess where King and Codas are headquartered in Springfield. Okay. Isn't am I to presume is it okay. We we cut three years later. They are in the middle of bombed out Springfield. Springfield's leveled. Is it only Springfield or has the whole world been destroyed? Fantastic question, Robbie. That'd be great to know. But uh we only care about Springfield, so we're not gonna bother asking. Okay. Uh so here is the ending of the episode. Colonel King, your report? Uh, well, the Earthlings continue to resent our presence. You said we'd be greeted as liberators. Don't worry, we still have the people's hearts and minds. I don't know. I'm starting to think Operation Enduring Occupation was a bad idea. We had to invade. They were working on weapons of mass disintegration. Sure they were. Mm, nothing like ham-handed political commentary from a sitcom. I hmm, this is 2006, by the way. Uh, I I I just maybe get to, get to have commentary a little bit earlier. You know, get there. Uh, no, we wait till 2006 to say they they like that's the th- throughout the majority of the Bush years, the Simpsons were utterly silent on political matters, except to be like offensive. And now they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to throw it in here at the end of this treehouse of horror. Like, and it's going to be the most unsubtle, unclevest thing in the world. Like, 
come on, guys. You could do better than this, right? Shoehorn this into an alien plot? Like, why are we getting Kang and Kodos talking about this stuff? You have a literal chance. Here, Matt, here. I want to throw in a bit that that satirizes the the Iraq war. Okay? Okay. I have a plot where aliens are invading the planet. Okay. Seems like a matter for the president, right? Maybe. Might be a matter for George W. Bush, uh, who was the president at the time. You could, you know, do something clever and have the president talk about it, have, have a back and forth, King Curtis and the president, like they did. They've had presidents on the air before. Multiple of them. Not afraid. But uh, no, we don't. No mention of W. Bush. Now just have some Kane Kodos do some hand-handed, ham-fisted political commentary here about uh, the Iraq War at the end of a plot that has like, what is the bit here? Like, what's the? F- I honestly what- have no idea what what's supposed to be funny about this. Like, I mean, yeah, you can kind of compare the two of them, but it's not going to be happy or good. <laughs> I, there, there's just no funny here. I think that's ultimately it. Like, these plots are fine if they included more jokes, but I did not laugh at all. And there's no extraness to it. It just seems like they came up with these ideas, and that was enough. They didn't do more. Uh, they they don't really fall apart like a lot of bad episodes from this era do, because there's not enough time for them to develop anything to fall apart from. To have a house of cards fall apart, you have to build the house. They do not build a house of cards here. There are just cards on a table. There are stacks of cards. <laughs> and you pull one at a time, and you look at it, and you go, yep, that is here. Ugh. <laughs> there's nothing. It's like, oh, yeah, we take over the world. Like, and there's some fun things in this. Like, I like whenever the Simpsons do other eras. Like, you get different animation. You get character. Like, I really like Homer and Marge's. Uh, designs in this. I like the cops' designs in this. They 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 give them different costumes. That's a fun part of any Trials of Horror, is you get alternate looks for all these main characters, and they're a lot of fun. But how much Homer and Marge do we get in this? Not much. Not much. Like mostly, you get, it's, you get it, them in the very beginning, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, you get like Homer and like covered in mud, like pretending to be animals for for thirty percent of this segment. Like, what's the gag here? What's the joke? Not sure there is one. No, I'm. I don't. I am. I. I'm. I'm. I'm whelmed by this trio of horror, Matt. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as some of our season eighteen episodes, but it's not special either. No, it is. It is perfectly like bland. It's cardboard. This is a cardboard episode. It. It is. It is a contractually. Uh, it it obligates the one Trios Var episode. This is their obligation, the contractual obligation for a single Trios Var episode. Here it is. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, we will rank these segments at the end of the show. I we can't really call it broken. It doesn't really work. It's Trios of Horror. You can't really call it Trios of Horror broken. No, they like I said, it is the they do what is meant to, is asked of them, which is they make it, but. Being like broken and good are like these are not good. Um, so no broken. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments and news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. 
Comments in the news group is where I ask our patrons for their thoughts on an episode. And I leave them, and I read them. And I appreciate everyone who took the time, who watches these terrible episodes with us. Uh, first from Derek. There's an odd air to these Al Jean at Trails of Horror episodes, which only intensifies going forward. There's a sense of lethargy, lethargy, lethargy to the episodes, which is especially odd, given that these are the episodes least likely to be bland and lifeless. I think from season 20 onwards is when that voidness really sets in and plagues every episode. But Trails of Horror seems to be the very, seem the first episodes to be affected, strangely enough. I just felt nothing from these segments. They weren't up to much, and they just passed me by. Sepia tones don't make it any less boring. Then there's the on the nose Iraq war reference, and I would have rubbed my eyes, but they were already closed because this was putting me to sleep. All that trademark spookiness and off kilter tone of the classic Trials of Horror episodes is a thing of the past. Of course, those golden year ones were masterful. I don't expect that quality to be maintained forever. There's no reason why these episodes can't be entertaining, at least. It just requires a little bit of effort, but I get the feeling it couldn't care less when churning these out. Uh, next from Tim. By this point in time, The Simpsons are running a couple of trilogies per year as regular episodes. To this viewer, this coincided with the time when the Trails of Horror series had long since run its course. These three shorts were success weren't necessarily awful, but neither were they particularly memorable. I'll project out of 51, Married to the Law at 47, You Gotta Know When a Golem at 42, and The Day the Earth Looks Stupid at 39. We'll see. Uh, like J From JJ, this episode is fine. Just fine. Like most post-Golden Years Trails of Horrors, it manages to be watchable, dare I say, somewhat enjoyable, but nothing special. The Day of the Earth Looks Stupid is probably my favorite. It has some clever jokes and references. A little bit of biting cider, a little bit of biting satire, which is a rarity in these seasons. You gotta know when a golem is the weakest of the three and Married to the Blob is much better, but I hesitate to call either of them outright terrible. Overall, this is a very standard teen chess of horror, which means I have very little say about it, positive or negative. Uh, from Old Peeny Can Joey Jojo Jr. Schnabadoo Shabadoo Schnurub. <laughs> Makes me smile every time. Maybe I'm just a sucker for Trials episodes, but I enjoy this one. Visual blob Homer ambling about Springfield replete with a Sir Mix-a-Lot remix and some amusing wordplay work for me. I love getting a golem story in the Trials canon, and Richard Lewis is fantastic in the role. The War of the Worlds homage also has the charm of its period setting, and Marilisa Marge's famed Orson Welles impression coming out to play. You do without the tepid tales from the crypt intro, not to mention the Dr. Phil cameo. But on the whole, this is a solid outing with good premises for each segment and some neat animation flourishes. I didn't know how to feel about the heavy-handed Iraq commentary stinger when this one aired, and I'm even less sure I feel about it in the shadow of current events, but it does have a certain Black Adder-esque poignance. Uh, from Lauren. I really liked the opening until Mo showed up, then not so much. I was enjoying the second segment until the golems started speaking, and then it got boring and annoying. I don't know if I have a favorite segment, since they're all bland to me with glaring issues in all three. Partly what bothered me was the random and not well-done Jewish cigarettes and Holocaust jokes sprinkled throughout them. This episode did have a few laughs, and with the Trails of Horror episodes, you could you already suspend your belief, suspend your disbelief, making them slightly more enjoyable. Could have been better, but it could have been worse. Might be the only watchable episode of the season. We will see about that. Um, lastly, from Hoffa. Middle of the road episode for a treehouse. The blob was fine. The golem was the weakest. Really did enjoy the day the earth looked stupid, especially all the Orson Welles stuff. Love the Foley getting fed up. Good stuff. Six out of ten. You, other people enjoy the Foley work too, Matt. You're not alone. I'm glad. I thought it was hilarious. I also was, I went to the dentist yesterday, so I'm not in a very pleasant mood today. So it might be altering my enjoyment. Aww. I don't enjoy anything today. I'm not really enjoying anything. Really, even my scab, my radical skedaddle bang energy drink. I don't really enjoy that much. So we can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. 
Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite weird store at the mall? I appreciate everyone who takes the time to answer these questions, especially ones that I think are a little off the wall like this one. Matt, take it away. Alrighty. First up, from also Matt, hands down, Spencer's. I mean, you could get a card, handcuffs, something resembling a penis, and a Bob Marley poster all in one store. <laughs> very, very accurate. Uh, from Lauren, I second Spencer's. It's the best shop for gag gifts, bachelorette party merchandise, and a good laugh. I feel like one shirt in the store can get more laughs than all of season 17 Simpsons episodes combined. Also accurate. From Benjamin, I am fascinated by those mall kiosks that sell cell phone cases and how they've managed to adapt to ever-changing phones. They just sell iPhone stuff now, over and over again. Uh, from Tim, this created quite the Facebook conversation, but I'll have to go with Orange Julius, where you can go, get, go to get subpar hot dogs and orange juice at movie theater prices without actually having to buy a ticket. Second choice would be Spencer's, where one can pretend to be a hipster just by spending money. Of course. Uh, from Derek, back in the before time, the long, long ago, I loved going to the pretzel place in the Castle Court Shopping Center here in Belfast. I'd always get a cinnamon sugar pretzel, and my friends and I had to get a photo with the pretzel man, this mascot dressed in a big pretzel suit. We'd all huddle together, and then as soon as you were about to get the photo taken, he'd make a very disconcerting growl sound, and we'd all run away screaming. Thinking back now, it's very questionable that this... It's very questionable that this man would make predatory noises between photos taken with kids, but we thought it was so much fun? Question mark? In a time of COVID, I'm sure pretzel man isn't able to scare kids anymore. Very sad. Okay, that, okay, Derek. Sounds like an experience. I, I need a picture of this pretzel man. I need to know what this pretzel man looks like. Right? I'm having trouble figuring it out. Yeah, I need a, I need a picture of this pretzel man, please. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Hoffa. In St. Louis, there was a mall that had a killer arcade called Exilorama. And as a sixth grader, 10 bucks on a Friday night was a hell of a good time. I got very good at the Simpsons game, but never beat it. I always played with Marge and her devastating vacuum swing. That's that's always the good choice because you know, that reach definitely helped. I, there is a uh, they are re they're releasing the uh, what is it? What is the name of that arcade that the, the people who make those retro cabinet arcade cabinets uh, updated? Um, they are doing a Simpsons. They're doing a Simpsons pre-order right now. It costs only seven hundred dollar dues for your own Simpsons cabinet. Only seven hundred dollar dues. Well, how about only? That's that's pretty. That's pretty it's I mean, for what it is, that's not an unreasonable amount of money. True. True. All right. Uh, from at El Columbia 88, we have a pinup steampunk rockabilly goth store that sells weird adult scene clothes and accessories from 50s dresses and bowling Tony, Tony Soprano shirts to rave goggles and corsets. Damn, Lauren, that sounds like a hell of a store. I, where, where is it? I need to see this. I mean, Jeez. that's I was like on board until they like they're like, oh, yeah, it's just Tony, Tony Soprano shirts. I'm like, it's like a word salad in there. Yeah, right. Uh, from at Wastecasts, I miss when my mall had a bookstore. It even had a decent comic section, but nothing really stands out as weird to me. Though I guess I always found the Disney store itself a weird concept. Had a blast in the past when I saw one at the Mall of America recently. Those are an, those are one of the few stores that's still in almost every mall. It's really strange. Uh, from at Vegaduck Sock World, all in caps, just in case you guys couldn't tell. You didn't say it right, Matt. Uh, sorry, Sock World. There you go. That's you. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Okay, uh, from, let's see, uh, oh, uh, from John Fane 2, I can't get enough of fashionable mail. Never heard of that one, but that sounds wonderful. Uh, from at Jessica Ruiz, Ruiz 1, dispensers count. My mall had a few of these little pop-up stores with all kinds of stuff, like leopard, pink, bling, and purses, and celebrity stuff, or one had tons of antiques, Asian gold stuff, and statues super expensive. But they didn't have names. Uh, or the art picture store where there's nothing but art pictures or black and white matted pictures of celebrities, and you can bring them a picture and they can paint it for you. What a very odd combination. Robbie, are you familiar with these? I mean, it sounds, I, I don't know. These are uh, 
these types of stores were never codified, but I think they exist in a lot of... I can remember seeing them, and some still exist. Okay, fair enough. Uh, from Matt, yes, it's Aaron. I was once in Birmingham, and their mall had a store called NASCAR and Knives. It was accurately named. <laughs> I, would, uh, I need, to, I need to go to I need to go to NASCAR and Knives. Get myself yeah, uh, not if it's in Birmingham. Whew. Oh, right, uh, oh, Matt! Shout, oh, all right, we get starting a blood feud with Birmingham. Yeah, anywhere in Alabama. Uh, oh. My family's from Alabama. No thanks. Uh, from Matt Brian J. Field, there was a pretty cool store called The Knife Shop at my local mall when I was growing up. They had Swiss Army knives and more exotic stuff. Some high-end kitchen knives, but also, strangely, lots of marble chess sets. It was fun to browse. Robbie, what is your answer? Um, I, too, enjoyed An Orange Julius. Uh, I still... I, I, I think this answer is going to depend entirely on what your mall was when you were a kid, especially. Because I went to the mall all the time as a child. We just didn't have anything cool. The coolest thing we had in our mall was the, was the arcade. was Tilt. Um, but it was kind of shoddy. <laughs> like, half the machines are broken. <laughs> and I like I, my, I would beg my mom for five bucks to play for a little bit. And she would sometimes give it to me. But there wasn't any, like, real cool stores I could go to. Like, here, here is, I don't know. I mean, Matt, you, you also grew up in Central Florida. But... It, I didn't, un, like, I was a kid, I'd only been to my mall. The first time I went to, like, a mall in Orlando, I I saw, like, a Spencer's or a Hot Topic. Mm. I was blown away. I'm like, look, a store that sells things that I like? How, how, what? Like, I, like, like, whoa, that can't be right. How does this exist? I'm like, I didn't understand that they were chains. Like, there was no internet. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't know that these places, there was a lot of them. I was just like, wow, look at this. A shirt with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on it. This is the best store in the world. I mean, what year was this? Oh, like 1996. Oh, wow. Okay. Or ninety four, ninety five. Understandable at that point. Yeah, like I wore or shirts with the Simpsons on it. Like that's the thing. Like it's like I'd go to a comic convention and they'd be like have bootleg Simpson shirts. I'd be like, <gasps> now it's like you're so inundated with every single brand having so much merch. You yeah. like you forget like I would have killed. I like I bought a Simpsons shirt at a comic book convention for thirty dollars. Where I made my dad buy it, honestly. But I would have. I wore that thing until it fell apart. I would have. I would have died defending my Simpsons T-shirt because it was the only one I ever saw. Now there's, you know, you walk, go to Target. There's Simpsons shirts. You go to Walmart. Go anywhere. There's shirts for every single property. You like Star Trek. You like Star Wars. You like Rick and Morty. You like King of the Hill. You like Family Guy. Any show you like. Any movie. There's shirts with it already. They exist. They exist before it comes out. Back then, any store that sold that stuff, I was <gasps> awestruck. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, honestly, uh, I was always a big fan of uh, the Sharper Image, just because of all the weird crap in there that uh, <laughs> I would surreptitiously take apart to see how it worked when no one was watching. Uh, they did not like me in that store. Uh, so, you know, uh, that's just kind of the way it went. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to go to the mall all that much as a kid. Uh I hung out with friends at other places, so my mall whoa, experiences whoa, 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 are probably whoa, whoa. much less than other people. Other places? Yes. Uh, like where? Lots, other people's houses. Um, <laughs> parking lots? Uh, the McDonald's. You're one of, the, you're one of those yeah. ne'er-do-wells. 
Yes, yes, I was. Mm-hmm. I see. Also, shout out to Walden Books. I also like a small chain bookstore. Well, yeah. I miss that. I like that. Uh, that there was room for like the, again, bookstores were also a wonderland to, for me when I was a child because I was a big old nerd that loved to read. Next week's question: What horror movie or TV show should they adapt into Trials of Horror? I think I've already asked this once, but I'm asking again. What What do you want? I think I just asked general property. I, uh, give me a horror. Give me something a horror movie or a TV yeah. show. And if they or if The Simpsons have already done it, why should they redo it and make it better? Also, yes, perfect, they've, they've per- done a lot of stuff terribly. Yeah, perfectly applicable answer as well. I post this question on all our social media, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. I also post on our Patreon, which is again patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show. Matt, we can move on until our next segment. It is time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stop the other. Matt and I are tied so far, three to three. We'll see if we can keep that going. I, it's only, I don't know. I have to, I need to do better. That's honestly it. But I, my brain is bad. I have a bad brain, Matt. I like, mean, to be fair, we all have bad like brains. Legend, That's just like human condition. Like legendary DC punk band, I have a bad brain. You're ready. Are, are you ready for an easy question? I suppose so. Homer steals what in Homer vs. Lisa in the Eighth Commandment? Well, he steals cable television. That is correct. All right. Your easy question. Who releases the dolphins that take over the world in Day of the Dolphins? Lisa. You are correct, sir. Your medium question, Matt. Who are the two other criminals that Homer names in the Moses flashback in Homer vs. Lisa? Um, oh, God. <sighs> I don't remember their actual names. I mean, their actual names or what they do. I mean, both if possible. I need their names, okay. though, primarily. Uh, That's the tricky uh, part, is the names. Yeah, yeah. It's like Zohar the Adulterer and... Um, uh, Magesh, the carver of graven images. Oh, Matt. Uh, I know, I know. You got one of the two. Zohar is correct. Zohar the adulterer. But it, oh, it, it is Zohar the adulterer. It okay. is Zohar the I adulterer. I was making that up. <laughs> the, the other is Ezron, carver of graven images. Ezron. Oh, Ezron, okay. carver okay. of graven images. All right, all right, all right. Uh, in Treehouse of Horror 5, Nightmare Cafeteria, who is sent to detention for dropping their pencil? Ralph. Oh, so close. It was Wendell. Ralph was in the scene, but it was Wendell. Wendell. I forget Wendell's in that. Ah, Robbie. Hey, the last time we've seen Wendell, honestly. Well, I mean, he got eaten, Matt. Oh, yeah. All right. Your hard, hard question. Your hard question, Matt. This is very hard. Oh, God. What is the first thing Homer sees on his cable television? Is cable television? Oh God! Um, I want to say it's an infomercial for like a statue or something, but I have no idea for what. You're close, man. You're on. You're on the right path. Uh, oh no! It is a shopping network selling a statue oh. of Poopsie the Clown. Oh my God, Poopsie the Clown. Okay, was eighty nine ninety five. Now only twenty nine ninety five. I can't believe they had to reduce that. Anyway, all right, your your hard question. How much does Homer pay for the magic hammock in Send in the Clowns? 
speaking of Homer, overrunning all of civilization. Five dollars. Ooh, ten dollars. Sorry. Um. Oh, Matt. I'm. I feel like I'm flubbing it. I should know these answers. My poor bad brain. All right. Well, we are still tied four to four. We're gonna keep this stalemate going forever. Eventually, Matt will overtake me. Is as is the way. We'll see. We'll see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, we will see. We will see you win again, Matt. Probably. Uh, until then, though, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Except, well, it's the Trials of Horror segments, which we rank separately. Um, hmm. I'll find that one. Uh, find the last Trials right. of Horror, Matt. That's where it is. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I did. Um, these are not. I don't like any of these, honestly, Matt. I don't really like that's fair them very much. I think my let's start the very first one. Married to the Blob. Uh that one is just I, I boring. I, I mean, that's that's all that. I, I don't know. I I honestly like Married with Married to the Blob the most because it's the most scary one to me. I, I don't know. That's it has fair. the most horror in it because it's like there's moments of like Homer just, you know, swallowing people whole like and they and they uh, like uh, melting in his stomach. Like that's horror. That has actual scary things. But then there's Dr. Phil and the ending where he's eating homeless people. And you're like, yeah. <sighs> um, most of these are probably I would my... say good. Uh, it's better than the island of Dr. Hibbert. Hmm. Really? But not as good as Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores, because I feel like that's, it's in between those two, because Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores is basically Attack of the 50-Foot Woman uh, from like the 50s, and at the island of Dr. Hibbert is just all around dumb to me. I would put this lower than all of those. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I think, I mean, and that's the one I like the most. I was thoroughly not, I am not, I'm not impressed by any of these. I would put this probably below Frankenstein. To be wow, fair. that look! You realize there's only three below that one, right? Oh no, no, oh, no, no. There's we're we're up to fifty-one total, Maybe Matt. It's a word document or a, a a document, not a spreadsheet, Robbie. Because when we started this, there wasn't fifty entries on it, Matt. There was like ten, and it, we well, I'll port it over. It's fine. Um, I know, I know, scrolling down really difficult. So, such hard well, work. When I scrolled down to the point where I saw a big white gap. I thought that was the end. I, I I too have never used a word processor before. I think this is better than artificial intelligence, but worse than Frankenstein. That is where I would put it. If you uh, want to put it higher, I will hear arguments. No, you're right. I think I just really don't like the Island of Dr. Hibbert because I really enjoy the actual book, Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, Matt, don't. You shouldn't. Don't. No, especially with these seasons, don't compare them to the source material. You're gonna, you're gonna drive yourself mad. Mm. <laughs> because if we're comparing things to source material, the Blob remake from the '80s is tremendous compared to this. It doesn't. There's not even a comparison. Um, what, do you want to put it some like I don't know. I think I think Frankenstein. I Frankenstein more entertaining than this. I think Frankenstein is a good comparison. I forgot about Frankenstein. Um, because it, it's bas- basically a classic horror movie. Uh. But you're right. I, I think it's not as good as Frankenstein. How is Frankenstein lower than the Island of Doctor Hibbert? Ugh. Anyway, Matt, you're you have weird. Per- like I don't. 
none of these are that good. I don't know. It's not that. I know. <laughs> Your <laughs> Island of Dr. Hibbert is there because of the character designs. That is why it is that high, and because there is moments of genuine like terror and horror in Island of Doctor Hibbert. It is not. None of these have good endings. None of them are very that uh. exciting. None of them are that funny. Island of Doctor Hibbert has good character designs with all the animals, and it has moments of genuine horror and weirdness because of those character designs. That is it. That is all it has. Everything basically below Attack of the Fifty Foot Eyesores is. Either boring or like Bad Dream House is the only one, early one that down here because it's just so kind of plain. There's nothing really like a lot of early Simpsons. Okay, second one. You gotta know when to golem. Oh boy. Um, this one just had nothing redeeming about it, honestly. Um, it's very boring. It really is. I would probably put it, oh god, probably right below I Know What You Diddly Diddly Did. Ooh, really? uh, worse, because, worse than I know what you did Italy did. Ooh. Yeah, but at least because that, that was almost a parody of I know what you did last summer. Almost. <laughs> I don't know. I I that seemed like that everything like the Ned Zone and below Matt, I think are bad. Like full on bad. Yeah, I know. Okay. You think this is bad? You're gonna call you gotta know when I to think go it's bad, yes. You think it's bad, okay. Because I don't think it's I would put it below in the belly of the boss i would put it two up from where you would put it i would put it be- above both of what the- is the dead zone again that is the parody of the dead zone what's the dead zone oh matt oh matt the dead zone is a stephen king novel that became a movie starring christopher walken where a man can touch people and know how they're know the future oh yeah that one that one okay yeah that's that's where uh Ned sees the future and Homer ends up nuking everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's really it's really dumb. Yeah, I can see this as being better than that. That makes sense to me. In the belly of the boss, what's that one again? <laughs> you don't I don't remember? remember any of these, man. They're terrible. This is that's that's when they go into burns. That's when they. It's the. Oh. Uh, that's where they we get. It's it's yeah. also very stupid, but I think it is more creative than this. I don't really think a Play-Doh Golem is that exciting. Um, I don't. There's nothing to this really. It's just it is like of all the things you could do with like I I think the Golem is an incredible cultural myth. Uh, I think there's a a rich a, a a lot of rich source there that you could mine to tell a Simpsons horror story with, but they don't. And also they make the Golem a villain, which is not what he is really. Um, so it that gives me extra negative points, but I don't know. I don't I, here. How let's we split the difference, Matt? Let's just put it below the Ned Zone and above. I know what you did. We Italy did. Okay, I'm good with that. Because down here we all we all swim. Um, did they ever do a an it? They are. That's did, a good question. I don't did they think ever do so. an it parody? Feels like that's a thing they should have done. Um, you, you gotta know. I, I also you gotta know when to golem. Yeah. Why, why? Okay. Finally, the day the Earth looks stupid. God, this one's so dumb. Yeah, the, I, I like. I, I think if it had just stuck with, oh, it's all a hoax, and we, they stayed with that plot, I think it's a much better story than them suddenly shifting to Kang and Kodos invade, and then we get a really awkward Iraq invasion joke. Yeah. Quote unquote joke. Um, 
it do, this 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 does have i think the most creativity uh I, I i don't know the most it has some creativity because of the character designs of the, of the 30s of or of Maurice LaMarche as Orson Welles um but the alien stuff just completely falls flat to me um and the, some of the jokes here are so stupid like they just roll around naked in the mud like that is a joke in this i'm like i what's the funny yeah, I, I don't think it has one, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Is this better or worse than you got to know when to go on? Uh, I would say worse, just because there's nothing, nothing worthwhile for it for me. Not not even your one laugh about the Foley work? No, no. Doesn't get in any... that You're the one who's higher on the day the Earth looks stupid than I am, Matt, and you're telling me this is worse I know, than you got to... I'm, I'm higher because that one joke uh, honestly the rest of it is just dumb um okay i mean i'm not going to defend it i i don't really like it that much um so that's below you got to know when to golem then i know what you diddly diddly did is it better or worse than that uh i would say it's very slightly better than that because that that entire thing had the i know what you diddly diddly did has one premise it's that oh Homer ran into somebody, and it's basically, I know what you did last summer, but it turns out it's Flanders, who's a freaking werewolf? I, okay. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that twist, where he's a werewolf for some mm. reason. So, Quote, unquote, twist. You want to put these... I mean, it is a twist. That doesn't make any sense, but it is still a twist. Um, so, you just want to put these lumpies two guys together? Is that the answer? I like it, yeah. Okay. The day the Earth looked stupid. I'm just like, okay, boring. Um, we don't have to... These are not canon. We don't have to shoot them out of it because they're not canon to begin with. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but this is not a good one. It's a pretty, I don't know, skippable Trios of Horror. Yeah, like it, it's it's fine, but you don't really need to bother with it. No. Um. So that's on our Trios of Horror rankings. That leaves us, let's see, let's do a little quick re- recap. 41, Married to the Blob. Uh, at 45 and 46, you gotta know when to go home and the day the Earth looked stupid. Both relatively low on our list. The Shinning is still number one with Hex and the City in last place. Because it's real bad. Um, our next episode is... Where, where, what am I doing? Oh, here we are. Our next episode is... G.I. Annoyed Grunt. G.I. Doe. Hmm. Don't think I remember that one. Homer. The dangerous. Homer joins the army? Or... Yep. Okay. Homer goes to the recruitment center and and convince. Homer gets enlisted instead of Bart. And then Kiefer Sutherland plays a colonel and. Oh God Almighty! This is, this is, it says this episode is a critique of the U.S. military-industrial complex. I'm gonna guess it does it poorly. Oh God, is it? Is it? Oh no! The episode includes a reference to Abu Ghraib. Oh, oh no! That's just what oh uh-huh. no! 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 Why? Oh no! I don't. This is gonna end poorly. Oh no, Matt! It's okay, Robbie. We'll get to it next week. It'll be great, oh, I'm sure. I don't. <laughs> okay, that's next time. GI Doe. Uh, this uh, you can find them everything 
on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. There's links to all the stuff we do, our Twitter, our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon if you want to help us out, help pay for hosting. We really appreciate all the people who support us there. Um, Thank you for this. I, I'm i really unenthused. Like, my mouth hurts, and I'm watching the Terrible Simpsons, and now i got to watch even a worse one. I'm sure the next week's going to be miserable, man. I already know. I'm going to hate it. Uh, it sure is. Great. Uh, what what do I do? I say, hello, I am on the internet. My name is Robbie Dorman. That is my Twitter. It is Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. It has links to all the things I do online, including my other podcasts, and links to purchase my eight horror novels. You want some good horror? Read my book. Go buy them on Amazon.com. They're way better than this Trails of Horror episode. Are they better than the best Trails of Horror? Eh, but they're way better than this I uh, can't argue with that. That is undisputable. My newest novel is Death Rattle. It is on Amazon.com and available wherever you buy books. Um, it is about a grizzled Texas redneck defying, defying, defending his dying town from vampires. It's my best book yet. I love my main character. You should go check it out. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is more true than ever because I spend all my time taking care of kittens who I really need to go feed right now. So uh, if you have to check out these adorable kittens, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram to see the most adorable kittens you'll ever see in your life. And hopefully, maybe get one of your own. I endorse that platform or place. Or product. Or product. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, buddy. Shh.